So if you've got a Bible, if you could turn to Gideon, uh, Judges chapter 6, please. It's, it's really a bit about the life story uh, of Gideon. I think I probably need to read the whole chapter, and it's a bit long, but I think I, I think... I think I probably need to read the whole chapter just to kind of it's a story that probably nearly all of us if not all of us will know anyway Judges chapter 6 and uh, Judges chapter 6 the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites because the power of Midian was so oppressive the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts and caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped in the land and they ruined the crops all the way up to Gaza. And they did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians. And I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestor told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. And given us to the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said. Go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me my Lord. Gideon replied. But how can I serve Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord answered. I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites. Leaving none Alive, Gideon replied, If now I have found favour in your eyes, give me a sign that it really is you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, he prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on this rock and pour out the broth. Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff 
that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abizarites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, cut down the Asherah pole beside it, and then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offering the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his half-family and the town people, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning when the people of the town got up, there was Bear's altar demolished and the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed in the newly built uh, altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The people of the town demanded of Joash, Bring your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So because Gideon broke down Baal's altar, they gave him the name Jerubal. That day saying, let Baal contend with him. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites and other eastern people joined forces and crossed over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. And he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizarites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also into Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, so that they too went up to meet them. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only in the fleece, and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that's what happened. Gideon rose early the next day, and he squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew and a bowlful of water. Then Gideon said to God, Don't be angry with me. Let me just uh, ask one more request. Allow me one more test with this fleece. This time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. That night God did so. And only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Amen. And God will bless us that reading of his words. Quite a long one. Uh, but, but very interesting. And uh, if you've got your Bible, if you could keep it open. I would just like to, to focus on probably verse 12 uh, through to 16, I think. Probably verse 12 through to 16. There's a whole, a whole lot in this chapter about, about uh, Baal 
and about the Asherah pole and about Gideon's background and about Gideon's army as we know uh, the Lord sent him out to fight he started with the Bible scholars can tell me I've not had a chance to recap this I think he started with 32,000 I think I'm right 32,000 and he ended up with 300 300 he started with 32,000 but God didn't want him to get into war even although even although the Midianites it tells us here they were like locusts you couldn't count them like grains of sand and he went into battle with 300 not 32,000 that he started off with but God said you're going into battle you're going into battle with 300 it must have quite frightened them but do you know what you could actually see as you read this chapter you see Gideon building up his faith in God he must have because he was prepared to cut down the Asherah pole and he was prepared to cut down uh, to cut down the Baal idol and he knew what that would mean in his community because his own dad had the Asherah pole up and his own dad had the Baal idol up and he was prepared at God's instruction to cut that down knowing what might happen and as we know uh, Baal was for some reason or other worshipped by the Israelites when they had the mighty Yahweh it's incredible isn't it they still worshipped Baal and they still worshipped the Asherah pole and uh, again you know the Bible scholars know more than me in this but but I think Baal, Baal was the sun god and I think Asherah was one of his two wives and she was the moon god and uh, she was a god of fertility as he was and I think it meant that the Israelites felt they could do anything uh, if they worshipped that, that particular religion the religion of Baal and Asherah I'm not quite sure about this it's something I've been given a lot of thought of but I think also I thought too sorry I think also that, that Baal was the, the god of anything to do with moisture it's something I read quite a long time ago when I'd been studying this I think Baal was also the god of moisture which included mainly two things rain and dew and whether in actual fact that's why uh, the fleece was, was brought into play in terms of my mighty God if you are the mighty God Yahweh you'll be able to do this Baal couldn't do this Baal couldn't bring dew the way that you did even although Baal is the God of moisture, rain and dew I'm not quite sure about that it's maybe a wee bit of speculation but it's still very interesting if you, if you want to study that and uh, so these gods these gods were chopped down by Gideon he knew potentially what could happen to him and the threat was they go to his dad the community see what's happened they come to his dad you boy is going to get killed by us now how wise was his dad I think he was really wise so all, all the people that come to kill his son all the folk in the community we're, we're going to kill him because look what he's done to our gods and he says listen if Baal is the kind of god 
which whom we worship, the most powerful God ever, even more powerful than Yahweh, let him defend himself. Let him defend himself. And you know what? Within a short period of time, a short period of time, the people that were going to kill Gideon followed them into battle. They were not all allowed to, but some of them followed them into battle. Because they then knew who the true and living God was. I was going to go into verse 14, wasn't I? Graham, I'll not be too long. I kind of forgot what I was doing there. Just into the story a wee bit. Uh, But, just these four verses, if you can look at verse 14 with me. uh, Verse 13 with me, sorry. Sometimes in Bible stories and narratives, we relate various circumstances that we read off to our own, don't we? I, don't, I couldn't tell you how often I lift my Bible up and I want to find something for myself. And often I, I read a story or maybe about a Bible character. And the words that Gideon used in verse 13 could be words that we use. Pardon me, Lord. Lord, pardon me. But if the Lord is with us, why is all this happened to us? Pardon me, Lord. If you're with us, why has all this happened to us? Sometimes God seems so far away, doesn't he? Sometimes God seems so far away in relation to life circumstances. Sometimes God seems far away. We know he never moves. We know that. And it's just ourselves, isn't it? But sometimes because of our circumstances, when our problems seem to be never-ending. The difficulties in our lives seem to be never-ending. When you think, you think things can get worse, I'll tell you, I don't know how often we've said, things can't get any worse. And do you know what? They do. Has anybody here ever been in that situation? Listen, I know you've not. I know that. I think we've probably all been there, haven't we? When you think things can't get any worse, they often do. We read the scriptures. We listen for God speaking to us. Hoping that whatever we're reading might relate to our circumstances. But sometimes the answer from God just isn't what we expect. Because normally... Normally, when I speak to God, I'm looking for an answer in a particular way. Because I know the answer I'm looking for. I don't even know why I'm asking God. I should actually be telling him the answer I'm looking for. Because that's the only answer I'm looking for. But thank God that God doesn't always just work that way. And often he doesn't work that way. And that's why it's important to really trust God. I've been struggling with my trust this year. I think I've shared that with at least two or three folk in here. Most of my Christian life, I feel as if I've had a kind of unswerving trust in God. And I've got a great trust for other people. I've got a wonderful trust for Sheila, for God, and for John, and 
for Elizabeth and for Tony. I've got a great tr- trust for other folk. But you know what? Don't apply things to other people that you can't apply to yourself. So that trust needs to be for me. The trust in God. Whatever the circumstances, we need to trust in God. So in verse 14 we read, we read, The Lord turned to him. So this is when he said, Pardon me, Lord. It's very polite, really. I actually like that about Gideon. It's very polite. Pardon me, Lord. But if you're with us, why has all this happened to us? So the Lord answers him. In verse 14, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? It doesn't seem like an answer to that question. What is all this happening to us, Lord? It almost seems a bit like a politician. You know what politicians are like. You ask them a question and they just ask you one back. You, know, you never get an answer. And it seems as though, it seems as though, certainly this is not the answer I would have been looking for when I was looking for something for my life from Gideon. But it is. If we read deeper into it, as the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? In relation to our circumstances, why has all this happened to us? All this has happened to you, Gideon, because you've disobeyed me. I'm prepared to send you, but you need to obey me. You've disobeyed me. Your people have disobeyed me. My own people have disobeyed me. What am I looking for of you, Gideon? Mighty warrior, as we read. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that God gives you. Don't go in your own strength. Go in the strength that you have. The strength that you have is the strength that God gives you. The strength that I have is the strength given to me by God. If I go in my own strength, like the Israelites, how often did they go in their own strength? And every single time they failed. So when the Lord's saying, go in the strength you have, in other words, am I not sending you Gideon? Because if you so if you're going in the strength you have, you're going in the strength that I'm giving you. In other words, I'm giving you the strength. It's in me. Your strength is in me. I think Gideon's response to that probably would be much the same as ours. In verse fifteen he says Pardon me, my Lord. Again he's been really, really polite. It's nice. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least of my family. Now how often do we see that in scripture? But 
ready and replied, but. How often do we see in the scriptures when people are challenged to go out for God? But Lord, you know, Moses is probably the singularly best example in scripture. Oh, but Lord, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't speak, I can't do this. But we're the same, aren't we? But Lord, I'm unable to do it. But Lord, I'm getting too old. But Lord, I'm not good enough. I'm too old, Lord. Or I'm too young, Lord. I'm not good enough, Lord. I'm not skilled, Lord. No, I tried to do it. No, I wasn't a trainer. And he's asked to build an ark and it's never rained before. But what did he do? He was faithful. And he was obedient. What is it to say about Noah? Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. I can't mind it's Genesis maybe 6 or something, I'm not sure. Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. How did he manage it? When I was a young man, I wanted to find favour in the eyes of the Lord. I used to mess things up terribly, but I still wanted to find favour in the eyes of the Lord. And I remember somebody saying to me, Noah managed it. So Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. Do you know how he managed to do it? And I can't remember the exact verse, but it's the verse after Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. He was righteous. He was blameless among the people, and he walked with God. I'm a bit like Alan McBride there, aren't I? I feel like a bit Alan McBride there quoting scripture. He was righteous, he was blameless among the people, and he walked with God. What a testimony. And that's what the Lord looks for from us. To walk with God, to be blameless among the people, and to be righteous. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. All Gideon had to do was obey God, and he would get the victory. When I say all Gideon had to do, it's a big thing, isn't it? Obeying God at times, when we feel vulnerable. We feel low, we feel dispirited, we feel down. We might not feel as if we've got much energy. Circumstances of life are weighing us down. And God says, Gideon, just obey me and you'll get the victory. Sandy, just obey me and you'll get the victory. Have a deeper relationship with me. I've been a wee bit frustrated. I've been about ten meetings lately and everybody's saying press in. Press in. It's been doing my head in. Press in. Every speaker, press in. But nobody actually tells you what press in means. But everybody's pressing in at the moment. You know, sometimes you, you look at your kids' language and all that. Wicked has become brilliant. Oh, that's wicked. When I, when I was young, wicked was wicked. Wicked was bad. Wicked's no good. So I'm saying to myself, and a young guy on Thursday, John, an old, a good young pal of mine for the Nazarene in Glasgow, he was speaking across at Alan's, Alan's meeting, and he's been at the men's night, and they're doing a great job in there. 
And John pressed in about half a dozen times. And I'm saying, what are you on about pressing? Until Alan shared this morning. I already knew what pressed in would mean. I'm just actually saying that. I knew really. We need a deeper experience of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I've struggled with that most of my Christian life. We need a deeper experience. We need to, to press into what? The power of the Holy Spirit. Do you think that Gideon could have gone in his own strength? The Lord has left us the comforter. We need to grasp this, brothers and sisters. That we go in power. We don't go in weakness. We go in our weakness. We go in his strength. We, so we go in power. Pardon me, Lord, but how can I save Israel? How can you save Moody's burn? How can we save Moody's burn, Lord? We can't save Moody's burn. But in God's strength, the people of Moody's burn can come to him through us. Of course we can't save Moody's burn. It's God's strength. But we need to have a passion for people, brothers and sisters. We haven't got that in here. And we want to reach out to the untouchable. People that people don't want to relate much to. And that happens in the coffee house and that happens in here. And I think we need to get deeper into that. Even me who feels, Lord, I can't cope with all that much more. Well, you need to, Sandy. Because this is part of your ministry. This fellowship that you're in. These brothers and sisters that love Jesus along with you. We've got a message for the unlovable that God loves. So how can you do it, Gideon? I'm the least in my family, Lord. If Gideon obeyed, God was going to give him the victory. Do you know what? If we obey, God will give us a victory. He'd only respond positively. He'd to trust in God. He'd to give his all to God. Amidst adversity. Because bear in mind, he'd cut down the Asherah pole. He'd cut down Baal, the idol of Baal, and he'd put another one up to Yahweh, the great mighty living God. Bear that in mind. So he had a fair bit of opposition from outside and inside. When you do something for God, you've got opposition. I can tell you that. When you want to do something for God, you've got opposition. But God gives us the strength. Because the strength that we get is his strength. We've all got to deal with the circumstances of life at different times in our life. So sometimes it's tough to respond in relation to our circumstances. When our energy is sapped. But it's always good to remember the Lord answers. I will be with you. I love that. I will be with you. And even then short memory syndrome can kick in. I will be with you. 
Remember whatever situation in which you're involved, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever family situation or wider situation or work situation, I will be with you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That wee, that wee hymn that we sang came to my mind. God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Sometimes in our personal circumstances there seems to be no way. There's no way that Gideon thought that everything will be rosy when he goes to tackle uh, the locusts of people and the grains of sand they, they can't be counted with 32,000 folk and how bad is it when God says I'm going to cut you down to 300 and you know what God will make a way where there seems to be no way God will make a way you will never be outnumbered you'll never be outnumbered with God don't ever feel you're on your own because you're not we've got God on our side Brothers and sisters, go in God's strength, both in relation to our fellowship and individually. And when we go in God's strength and trust him, then God will surely not fail us. Amen.